Welcome to the Modern Jewish Girl Podcast. I'm Jenna, lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in the holy city of Jerusalem. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. This week I had the privilege of sitting down with Bracha Goetz, who is a Harvard-educated author of over 40 books that help children's souls shine, as she beautifully puts it. And she's also the author of a candid memoir about overcoming food addictions joyfully on her journey in Judaism. Bracha shares a little bit about her work as a children's author and her Jewish journey, and then we discuss how we can access the true pleasures of this world and really allow our souls to shine through. It's a beautiful conversation. Bracha is an absolute pleasure to listen to. She is so filled with joy and warmth and gratitude. It just overflows. <laughs> and it was very inspiring to speak to her. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Bracha, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's really an honor to have you here as my family is really a big fan of many of your of your children's books. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So I know you went to Harvard and you had a Jewish journey of your own. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into writing children's books and, you know, now adult books as well? Yeah, I think one of the reasons that I went to Harvard is that I was searching for wisdom. I thought I'd find it there, you know, (laughs) go to the top school to try to find it. But no. Uh, okay, so it, it was kind of disappointing to me that, you know, the wisdom to life, that I didn't find the instructions for living at Harvard. That was kind of disappointing, you know? Oh, yeah, I think, in fact, that's how, you know, I started suffering more when I got to the top and realized there was nothing there. Wow. But, I mean, how I ended up writing after, after Harvard, I went to medical school. Um, I was studying to be a psychiatrist. Between my first and second year of medical school, I had a six-week break. I went to Israel. Actually, my parents sent me to Israel to try to date someone Jewish for a change, you know, because that was definitely not happening. So um, (laughs) when I got there, you know, even before I got there, I, I wrote a letter to a friend. I'd known him since kindergarten, and I wrote, you know, I want to be able to help my patients know why life is worth living. Wow. And he wrote back, don't worry about your patients. You need to know. Yes, I needed to know. Yeah. yeah. So um, so he met me. I, I was um, volunteering at Hadassah Hospital in the oncology ward. He met me there, and he took me to Neve. Wow. And Orsameach. Orsameach had a small women's division there for a couple of years. So I went there and I found what I was looking for immediately. Wow. It was it was the nourishment that my soul was craving. Mm. Why I write children's books is because I want to give children from the very beginning what I was missing. Mm. I want to. I want to fill their souls with the joy that I was searching for. 
and the instructions <laughs> from the very beginning so they'll understand what life is all about, you know, yeah. and, and, and know that they're spiritual beings. That's what I wasn't clear about, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to make that clear and, and children are able to absorb it. And what I find is that, you know, um, people have to play catch up the rest of their lives if they don't get the tools in the very beginning of life. Very true. Yeah, I know that from my own. I had a very similar experience in the sense that I was looking for wisdom in American colleges. I wasn't finding it. <laughs> I thought I was finding it, but then I realized I wasn't. And then, you know, I went also on a trip to Israel and immediately I, I said, this is it. You know, I just, my soul recognized the wisdom right away. And, uh, that was it. The rest of my life was changed. So I definitely appreciate what you're trying to do because I wish I had had more of that education growing up. I definitely did not think of myself as a spiritual being, <laughs> no, you know, so it's very, I, know. I read about you and I said, Oh my goodness, I resonate so much with your life. I can't get over wow. this. You wow. know, thank you. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's, it's been an ama amazing journey and uh, it's so cool what you're trying to give. <laughs> these kids, no, really. And even my daughter, like reading her, these books, it's so, they're so special. And I, I love the books, mitzvah hands, mitzvah feet, um, mitzvah mouth. I mean, it's so deep, you know, all these mitzvahs <laughs> we can do with our body parts. It's amazing, you know? Um, so, okay. So I guess I was going to say like my next question, we kind of touched on it, but what kind of messages do you try to impart in your books? And maybe you could speak a bit about how, because you're trying, you're taking big concepts of like faith in God and um, you know, privacy of the body, whatever, all sorts of things and, and bringing it down for kids. So um, I guess like, what are the different messages that you're trying to give to kids and how are you able to, to like make it suitable for them? Yeah. You know, I, I tried to figure out what do all my books have in common? And I, I made up this tagline. These are books that help children's souls to shine. Mm. That's what they all have in common because the books about prevention of abuse, same thing. If a child goes through abuse, it, it prevents their soul from shining fully. That's what it does early on in life. And the books about eating healthy, same thing, living healthy, staying healthy. We have to also have our bodies in good shape in order for our souls to shine. 100%. There's a book, Let's Appreciate Everyone, about mm -hmm. disabilities. The children with disabilities, whether they're visible disabilities or invisible disabilities, they're the, usually the loneliest children around. So a book to help their souls to shine and as well for children that are not as neurodiverse to help them to interact more effectively, be more inclusive. They, we just are never taught basic skills about how to interact more effectively. So that's what the book does. So in addition to all the almost purely spiritual books, these books also, and Hashem's Candy Store also, teaching us what the wonders of our fruits and vegetables that we might not know. It's, it's based on Rabbi Avigdor Miller's teachings and um, um, other wisdom that I've picked up from Rav Noach. I just kind of put these ideas in the most 
simple and joyful way so that a child can readily absorb the messages. Wow. That's amazing. It's so, I love the fact that you have a book about privacy, a book about safety, a book about eating healthy. It's like, these things are so fundamental and important. Like you said, it's like, it's not always taught growing up, you know, and, or in the right way. So it's really so important that the Jewish world, especially the religious world has these books. Um, It's amazing. I was going to ask you, do you have a single book or maybe a few books that you're most proud of that you've written? I think you've written over 40 books now. Yes. Thank God. Of course, Let's Stay Safe was groundbreaking. And it doesn't even have my name on the book. You know, at the time, it was so um, kind of revolutionary that they were afraid to put my name on the book. They were afraid of backlash. I wasn't afraid, but there were others that were afraid. So it wasn't. And it was like now it's like in almost every home. People get it. They they don't even think twice about it. That it's so fundamental. And I know that it saved lives. I get phone calls. I get messages. That's, of course, one of the greatest feelings to me to know that it's saving lives. And then my newest book, Let's Stay Healthy. It's really helping people, even the very young children, even teenagers contact me and say they understand now why it's important to get enough sleep. I mean, that's major for a teenager, you know, (laughs) I try, I try to explain why not just do this, do that, but why, why all these things are so beneficial to us. That's amazing. Right. Because when you understand the why of what you're doing, that's like the, the, that's the real like fuel. Um, so, so I don't know. I know sometimes writers don't like to talk about what they're currently working on. So I was going to ask, I was asked like either, what are you currently working on? Or maybe what's the latest, you just said the latest book that you published is about healthy eating. So yes. Yeah. Let's stay healthy is the newest book. And I am working on another book. I'm also working on a book about environmentalism, you know, helping our, Earth stays so beautiful. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, the the from community doesn't embrace that as much as it could, you know. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. also, yeah, and I'm also working on a book about the Yetzirah. Wow. Really, really getting to know the Yetzirah, recognizing the Yetzirah in all its many disguises. So That's so cool. That's very powerful. I've, I've been working on this book for like 30 years. I couldn't get it right until now. In other words, I had to develop also to be able to express it clearly Mm. in a joyful way. I didn't want it to be a scary book about Mm -hmm. the Yetzirah. I want it to be that you could relate and interact with the Yetzirah to keep it in its place and understand that the Yetzirah is actually also from Hashem to help us. That's yeah. so amazing. The Yetzirah, the evil inclination, like, I guess that's oh. how you would define it within all of us. Yeah. No, it's, it's a very complex concept and it can be very tricky to spot. <laughs> Sometimes it's very subtle, you know? So yes. it's, it's really amazing that it's like, it took this t- time for you to re- to internalize the ideas and to, and to get clear enough to now be able to write it for children. Because I think oftentimes people think like children's books are like, I think it's harder to explain things 
for children that it is for adults, because to, to really be able to crystallize, to clarify the ideas, to simplify them, to communicate them with joy is actually very difficult when you're dealing with like complex, like topics, you know? So I, so I think that's really amazing. I'm very excited for that book. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the other one about the environment is very close to my heart because, um, you know, my whole background is right. Oh, yeah. Yes. I have a background in environmental studies and in environmental law and policy and all that. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I forgot that part. Yeah. I, 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 I am also a lover of nature, you know, so a lot of my books deal with nature so much. I love yeah. it. It's very therapeutic just being in nature. And, uh, I, I agree. It's, it's, I wrote a whole paper when I was in law school about the Torah perspective on sustainability and caring for the environment. And it's, it's, for sure a Torah value in it. And there are many mitzvot that deal with it, but like you said, like it's not necessarily focused on and talked about. So I'm very excited. <laughs> that. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I also wanted to ask you, I know you, you wrote a book, I think it was called searching for God in the garbage. So very interesting title. Um, you write about healing from an eating disorder. And I think you speak about emotional eating and food addiction, and, and you speak about these things from a Torah perspective. So I know it's like a very heavy topic and there's a lot to say, but I was wondering if you could um, like shed a little bit of light on this. Yes, I, it, it, it can be summarized in this way. We, the, the emptier a person feels inside, the more they try desperately to find externalities to fill them up. Mm. But it's a spiritual hole. Mm. We, when our souls are starving spiritually, it acts out in different ways. For me, it was through eating disordered behavior. Um, I would be dieting, extreme dieting, fluctuating with binge eating. Mm. And the binge eating was, and it's all about control. They say it's all about control and trust issues. Mm. Well, that makes so much sense. If we feel the world is out of control, if we don't trust life, it's a very frightening place. It was a very scary world for me yeah. before I understood. Yes. Wow. Right. And it's like the one thing you feel like you have some control over it's, is, is your food. Um, it's a very powerful message, what you're saying about how when we feel a void, we look to external factors to fill it. Um, I, you know, I think that's part of what's going on now with the phone and, and the people, you know, being addicted to the phone and, you know, myself included <laughs> and the, and the food and, you know, like all these things to try to fill ourselves up, distract ourselves. But ultimately I find like when I'm learning Torah, when I feel connected to God, when, you know, I feel so much more at peace with myself, you don't necessarily need those things, but it takes a lot of work. Like those moments for me, unfortunately are far and few in between. Like usually I do feel like some sort of emptiness that I need to like fill by some sort of, whether it's clothing or, or food or like, you know, I think that's something most people experience to some degree. Um, so yeah, I really, it's very powerful what you're saying. Yes. And the reason we overeat is because it's available and it brings us pleasure immediately. Right. And, and, and food was designed to bring us immediate pleasure. But that's the natural foods in a really good way. The junk food is designed to be delicious and addictive, mm -hmm. while all the natural foods are designed to be delicious and nutritious. Mm -hmm. So it's a completely different type of thing. Wow. When, we, when we finish off the whole bag of potato chips, 
we feel emptier than when we started, you know. Yeah. But when you experience an orange, it, it, it doesn't only fill your body, it fills your hungry soul too. If if you eat it with mindful gratitude. And that's, that's what Judaism is designed for. You know, the blessings, all the, we, we get these awareness exercises all day long throughout, you know, after going to the bathroom, we make blessings before and after we eat, we may not do them with mindfulness, but we have the opportunity. The, the guidelines are there for us to, to grab the connection Yes. I, 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 I want to share the story that I haven't shared. I, I just heard this. My husband just told me this recently, and he actually got tearful telling this over to me. It was incredible. I, he heard a, a shear, and the man speaking was about Chuva he hadn't been from before. The soldiers in Israel, um, they could be... Um, Torah observant, um, but maybe not in yeshiva, they go, many go to India for a year or for some period of time after their army service. So one of them, he was there and um, he was with a guru, you know, teaching about meditation um, in India. And um, he took, um, I think it was an apple off the tree. He made a bracha, made a blessing, and he um, ate it and and the guru said, what did you just do? He said, what do you mean? What, what, what did you just, he said, oh, I just made a blessing over the apple. He said, what I just saw was, you know, all the apples on the tree, they have an aura. And when you take it from the tree, it loses its aura. And when you said the blessing, the aura wow. came back. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I don't know. You know, we, 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 we somehow it just gives us that extra dose of validation, which is so enlivening to us. We, it actually puts the connection back. We have all these opportunities to reconnect and we're not going to grab them all the time, but whenever we do, we have the opportunity to have a real spiritual experience and it fills us with a deep pleasure. Wow. And yeah, that's so, so beautiful. And it's, it's helpful as somebody who tries to make blessings, like, because you do it so often, it's so easy just to say it and not think. And, but it, like you said, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to really connect to what you're doing. And, and when you can do that, you plug in spiritually. So you're not only getting the physical nourishment, you're getting the spiritual nourishment. And that's what really fills you. That's really, really cool. Exactly. And, and, and just a thing like an orange, you know, <laughs> It's such a mindful spiritual experience, you know, as opposed to the whole box of chocolate chip cookies. You know, the, the orange, I'm staring at one now here. So, you know, it has the peel. It keeps the juiciness in for months. It has inside the pit that goes on for infinity, replicating itself forever and ever, as opposed to the bag of junk food that just pollutes the environment, you know. Right. <laughs> Everything about it is such a spiritual experience because we feel the wisdom and the loving kindness in, in an orange. You wow. know, it's like it's so Hashem, like you said, it's Hashem's candy. Yes, that's it. Hashem's oh. candy store. Yeah, it's so cool. I so 
we were speaking a little bit before we started recording about the five levels of pleasure, and I, I believe it's connected to this. So would you mind um, explaining a little bit about that idea? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do it briefly. The lowest level are all the natural pleasures. Oh, the five levels on the pleasure ladder, they correspond to the five levels of the human soul. So the lowest level, all the physical pleasures nourish the nefesh, which is the part of our soul connected to our body. Mm. So, so it's all the natural foods, being in nature, moving, dancing, all of this uplifts our body and our soul. It was designed that way. And that's also what Rav Noach Weinberg, this is what changed my life that he taught that the purpose of life, and it's really from Masilas Yesharim, from the Ramchal, from um, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lozato in, um, let's say it's the path of the just. Yes, yes. Um, that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. That, that's what changed my life that summer. Yeah. And then to understand what brings the greatest pleasure in life is nourishing our hungry souls. Right. So there's lowest level is all the physical pleasures. The next level up is love, which is not the usual definition. Our Jewish definition, appreciating the virtues of another. Wow. Everybody can experience that. Every rung on the pleasure ladder is a totally empowering experience. We can do it. It's not dependent on someone calling us. If we feel lonely, we bring love into our lives by focusing on someone that once did something wonderful for us. And we feel that warm emotional feeling. Then quickly, it, it, meaning, doing something good and meaningful, next level up and higher than that, creativity. Mm. We all know that we get into a zone where we don't feel like eating or even sleeping because we're in this creative zone. It's such a great pleasure. Yeah. And each one, we're emulating Hashem more and more closely. The highest level is transcendence. When, when we lift the veils of separation, we see how we're all connected. It's also transcending our limitations. It's breaking a bad habit. It's that joy of ultimate connection under a starry sky, learning Torah, connecting in every way that connects us to the infinite oneness of, of life. So, wow. yeah, so the, these, these all connect to the five levels of the soul. It's, it's um, nefesh and ruach and neshama and chaya and yachida, the oneness. So, um, yeah, it, wow. it, 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 it's, it, 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 when a person feels like overeating, that's what I suggest. There's an abundance of other ways to fill your soul. And when you recognize that, you're never running on empty anymore. You can always, you know, you may always feel like overeating, but you can just do something else instead. Right. Even opening the window, feeling the sunshine, feeling the breeze, moving, turning on music, texting someone you appreciate that, you know, just Whatever you do, it's not dependent. You have the power to bring pleasure into your life. And the most important thing I got to say is this. There's only one price to pay to climb each rung of the pleasure ladder. And that's gratitude. It's wow. all about gratitude. 
Yeah. And that I feel like gratitude and I've spoken a bit, a bit about gratitude here on this podcast before. It's really the foundation of being a Jew, you know, and our name is the word, you know, to give thanks, you know, Yehudis to a Jewish person. So that's built into what we're doing. And like you said before, all the mitzvah, especially the brachot that we make is, is designed to help us toward this. And it's so powerful to hear about the pleasure ladder, because I think that at least for me, like growing up, you have no concept. Like I thought the physical pleasures was all there really was, you know, maybe relationships and maybe like meaning, you know, but beyond that, it's hard to imagine. And, you know, I knew there was meaning and creativity, but to have such clarity and to, to kind of see the hierarchy, it's so, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, Yes. It's really like an amazing roadmap to leading a really fulfilling life. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's amazing. and I know we could have spent like an hour or many hours talking about that, that. So you really summed it up very nicely. Thank you. But, um, and then I, the last, the last question I have, is actually related to one of the pleasures, creativity that you're engaged in, that I'm engaged in. Um, do you have any insights into creativity from a Jewish perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Gratitude and joy. These are the things that help creativity to flow. Mm. Just be open to it. That's it, you know? And there are people, when I give presentations about my books, the people say, oh, I have an idea for a children's book. I tell people, it usually takes 20 years and 20 minutes to write a children's book. (laughs) You know, people carry these ideas around for 20 years. It just takes 20 minutes to write the draft. Just sit down and write it and playfully. Don't worry about it being perfect. Just be in the playful mode, the joyful mode, so that Hashem could just rain down the ideas into your head. It's how it works for me. When somebody, a mother called me desperate for the Let's Stay Healthy book, you know, I said, I said, it sounds like a great idea. I just don't know how to do it. I went to sleep. I woke up with the pad next to my bed. I wake up scribbling furiously (laughs) with the title, with the whole book, how to do it exactly, you know, Hashem, Hashem just sends it like it's not like I didn't know how to do it, but just an openness. And let's and, and let's appreciate everyone. I have a, a grandchild with severe disabilities. And people said to me, now you're going to write about disabilities. I said, I don't I'm not an expert. I don't really know how to write this book. So that week I read an article on Shabbos about Yael Zellinger was doing these wonderful workshops about teaching about disabilities. I call her after Shabbos. I said, I'd love to write a book about these workshops, make them so everybody could read. She she was thrilled. And that's it. My eyes were opened and it just it flows. The channels were just a channel for creativity. Wow. Like, I love how you said when you have gratitude and joy, you open yourself up, you make yourself a vessel. And and for for the the inspiration to come from Hashem. And I felt like when I I wrote one book, I wrote a book about my story. And when I, when I was writing it, I literally felt like I was just a vessel and, and like, it was just coming through me. Like, yes, it it was really an amazing experience. And, and part of what helped me to write it also was I, I found this method of, of writing where 
it really emphasizes playfulness and curiosity and, and everything you're saying, you know, it's not like a Jewish program in particular, but that aspect of it, it's, it's so true. You know, when, when you're coming at it more from that perspective, you're, it, the, you're able to let it, to let the creativity flow and the ideas flow more. So, um, Bracha, this was really beautiful. Do you have any other insights or ideas that you wanted to share or? Yeah, it just, I just, something that just came up in what you said, some people, because of their childhood traumas, they don't have the self-worth to be able to play joyfully mm. and to let themselves flow. They're mm. afraid of failing. They're terrified of failing. Yeah. And what I want to offer, besides therapeutic intervention definitely helps because when we nourish our hungry souls, if we've been through trauma in childhood, we can't even lift off those other layers by ourselves. We may need extra support in addition to all the nurturing that we're going to do for ourselves. We need that as well. So I want to say that it still pays to try to nourish your hungry soul because when you experience that gratitude, it's a way of giving yourself the self-compassion you may not have had as a child. Wow. We when you give that, when you experience the joy, when you absorb the loving kindness in the orange, <laughs> you are getting the loving kindness you may not have gotten. All of this helps you to, to quiet all those angry voices in your head that may be saying you're not, you're not worthy, you can't do this. I thank God wasn't brought up like that. I was brought up with a, a lot of love, you know, and still something was missing. The meaning to life, you know, was missing. But but I, I, I know many people like that. It's very hard for them to go on that journey alone to nourish their soul. So in addition, they need they need the therapy, good therapeutic intervention that helps you to feel more worthy so you can live a more joyful life full of gratitude and 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 but but also nourish your soul all the time because each act, each act of gratitude fills you up. Wow, yeah. that was very very beautiful. I'm very glad that you said that. That was I feel like that summed up the discussion very nicely, but added like an, a very additional important point. And <clears throat> excuse me, like growing up, Sham, I had very loving parents, but. I definitely grew up in a society where it was all about the results, you know, not about the process necessarily. And, and, you know, as I got older and, and I went to college and law school, it just became less and less about play or fun and more about, you know, the career and all, you know, serious adult life. And um, it really, it almost felt like a luxury to, to give myself the time to write my book and to do it in the, in the playful way that I'm describing without the pressure, um, of like necessarily having a strong end product, even though I wanted that I needed right. to give myself the permission for my own self to, to process everything I had gone through and to really write my story, even though I wanted to get it out, it was also for myself. Um, so that, yeah, you're right. That does take a lot of confidence, um, to love yourself enough to be able to nourish yourself in that, in that way. So anyway, thank you, Brecha. This has been oh, really awesome. No, my pleasure. My pleasure so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share with your family and friends. Be blessed.